following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. On this week's episode, EZD is joined by the Statman, pulled away for daddy duty for a little bit to talk about all things week three. Thanks for tuning in to Hats, Stats, and Stats on the BICBP radio network. You're locked into Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaterski, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Statman. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is part of the BICBP radio network. Check us out online, www.bicbp-radio.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. Uh, if my calculations are correct, it's episode 105. I am, my goodness. Yeah, I have a I have a co-host this week. I am not flying solo. I was able to pull uh, Papa Statman off of daddy duty for about an hour to get this out of the way. So ironic that you said duty. It's just so true. I don't even. There's just so <laughs> Any, much poop. Anybody out there with a newborn goes, yeah, no, that tracks. I lived it. Okay. Good luck to you. Just, uh, <laughs> kind of kind of a lot of shit going on in your life right now. A lot of yeah. your hands, but a lot of shit on your hands, too. That's that's what it is. Just napping, pooping. Not me, him. Just napping, pooping, eating. That's three <laughs> facets of life. That's what we got going on. Yeah. He does those things that you don't. It's fine. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> uh, so we pulled the stat man off of his duties as a father. <laughs> we are getting into... Week three, week two was drunk. Hopefully week three is a little bit. Actually, I hope not. I hope week three is as wild as week two. I hope this entire season is just a train wreck and I'm all for it. Seriously, I want this whole season to be like the AFC West's arms race. That like every other day, it was a crazy free agent signing and a trade. And it was just, I, I couldn't stop looking at my phone for these news feeds of all the crazy stuff that was going on. Right. Uh, and. Uh, week three starts tonight with a game that two years ago, maybe three years ago, you'd be like, eh, okay, this might be a little bit of a dog fight. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a dog fight for all the wrong reasons. We have a Steelers Browns matchup on Thursday night and uh, Mitchie Trubiscuits doesn't look like the answer. I can, I can which is too bad because I was rooting for him. I was. Too. I want. I wanted. I don't like Pittsburgh, and certainly you don't want another AFC team other than Buffalo to do well. But I liked him. He was. You know what I mean. He was fine. I was really hoping he'd find success there. Part of me is wondering, like, do they have him on a leash? Do they have him on a like play conservative, like play not to lose as opposed to playing to win type of thing? It kind of looks like it. it. He looks like Captain Checkdown. Um, you know, trying not to lose the game. That's not the modern NFL. He's got a solid receiving core. I don't know. And he got a you got a good running back back there with him to help him out. So I I want to see them let him open it up a little bit more. But at the same time, if you don't trust him to do that, then just put the kid in and let the kid trial by fire at this point. Well, then that's the whole thing. And well, this is, I guess, Mike Tomlin in a nutshell. Probably the reason why he's never had a losing season in 18 years that I, although Ben Roethlisberger has a lot to do with that. Ben Roethlisberger wasn't great down the stretch. And there was another like two, three years ago where he was hurt the whole season. Yep. So they used it like Duck Duck Hodges and yeah, Duck, <laughs> Duck Hodges got to start. Uh, right. There are all these random. Right. And he still won with those guys. I mean, not like they were playoff, you know, crazy, but whatever. Winning record and he was just fine. Yeah. But, you know, he'll let Trubisky roll to a middling 
four and four or five and four, you know what I mean? Like whatever. And then Kenny Pickett will come in down the stretch and he'll go win, win half his games and then he'll be nine and seven and still not have a losing record again. Yeah. And I just don't understand. I mean, Trubisky, he took a Matt Nagy bears team to the, to, to the playoffs in a division. Sure, sure did playing the Packers twice. Right. And that was the Packers when they had people. So I, I don't I listen in, in Minnesota still had Kirk Cousins. It's, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like they were slouches it, cousins and Diggs and, and Thielen. Like they had yeah, people there. Thielen, like, right. And he took that team and that offense, which was knocked religiously on this show by us about how bad that offense was and how bad the bears were and how the, uh, I mean, we're not going to rehash episode one again. <laughs> Like the OG episode or the YouTube episode one, but I mean, let the dude play a little bit. Stop being so safe. I mean, unless your thought is that the Ravens aren't who maybe we thought they were, then there's the two of you. And since he's on the down, so you can get away with playing it safe and maybe squeak a playoff out of this. I don't know. I just, I think it's Pittsburgh Steelers football. I think they play great defense and they're going to pound the rock and all you have to do is not lose them a game, which now to your point, that is an antiquated philosophy for a football team in modern NFL in 2022. If you're not an air raid offense, you're behind the times. I'm not saying you need to be, but that's like, I mean like 27 out of 32 teams are like, Hey, we're going to sling it 60, 65% of the time. We're going to just air it out. Right. And I mean, it's not like, they pounded the rock a ton last week. I mean, Trubisky, 21 for 33 for 168, one and one through the air. Harris was 15 for 49. Gunnar Olazuski was one for 18. Uh, Jalen Warren re- touched it four times. And then Trubisky and Derek Watt each touched it once for less than a total of 10 yards. Well, and, and, well, that's the whole thing. I mean, so he completed what? Less than 50% of his passes, 40, 49%. Tw- 21 for 33. Oh, 20. I'm sorry. I thought you said 60. I don't know where I got 20. I thought you said 168. Oh, there it is. Um, But yeah, I mean, still 20, 21 completions and you barely got. Yeah. I mean, you didn't even get 200 yards. Yeah, You didn't break 200 yards. That that stuff. And and you lost to the to the Patriots who are allegedly not that good. So, right. uh, I don't know if the playing it safe is going to get it done because I mean, you got to score more than 14 in the modern NFL. The Browns found a way to lose last week as well. Fantastic. I for for now forever rooting against them. Like again, always rooting against another AFC team. Hardcore rooting against the Cleveland Browns right now. It's I feel bad for their fans and anybody else who is has been a fan of this team their whole lives, but I mean that's just that's where we're at. I mean, you you have to. And I don't feel bad for their fans because of the stuff that's coming out on social media with like the different awkward support of Deshaun Watson at their tailgates. Like there, there was one of a, a group of people had like uh, a mannequin on a table and like with a sign on it that said, happy endings aren't a crime. And the mannequin had what looked to be a very large tent pitched and stuff. Oh. It just, like, it's just super tasteless, uncouth jokes. Got yeah, it. People, okay. People walking classy. People walking through in Watson jersey, so Browns number four, and one says rub, and the other says tug. I like, come on, classless, go steal it. Well, uh, I mean, be be and, better and, and, and be better. Yeah, right, and that like that's the one thing. 
you say what you will about the Roethlisberger stuff from years ago. The one thing you didn't see was Steelers fans who can be pretty savage walking around in like holding signs like we're going to rape you and or like, oh, Big Ben, meet me in the bathroom. Like, dude, yeah. like not making light of a very serious situation. Correct. It's, right. So Browns fans suck. The Browns suck. The factory of sadness continues its trek. Go Steelers. I f- feel bad for Jacoby Brissett. Have nothing against the man. <laughs> he had a good week last week. <laughs> right. Nothing against Jacoby Brissett. No. But you're on the Browns now, and it is what it and, is. And nothing against Hunter Chubb, who are, I think are fantastic. Wyatt Teller is easily one of my favorite guards in the league. I mean, there's players there that I like. You're just wearing the wrong uniform, man. Yep. Well, they're like the elves now. I Don't ask me why they went that route. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's pull back a logo from 70 years ago. Worst That's ever. Brown, Brownie the Elf. Okay, not during like the Christmas season, or do you know what I mean? Like not like, in the holidays, sense. right? Would have made sense. I would at this point. I would just put Will Ferrell's face right on the fifty yard line, like right smack dab. You know what? I'm in. <laughs> you already hate Will Ferrell, and you dislike the Browns, so that's a, just an other, awesome double other, whammy for you. Other way around, I dislike Will Ferrell and I hate the Browns. Oh, okay, all right. Most touche. Touche. I bought into the Browns hype two years ago, and it like I knocked me out of my own survivor pool. Picked the Browns week one, <laughs> but should have been a surefire W against a bad team, and they lost. And the bad team turned out to be a bad team. But like I, I bought the Super Bowl hype for the Browns. The Browns suck. Browns are once again twenty twenty two suck list. Let's do. Who it. said that you want, you want to crown them? Crown them like who? That whole thing where they're like, oh, oh yeah. my god, the Browns are unbelievable because they traded for Odell and they got all these people and they got Landry and they're going to be unstoppable. Yeah, and, and they started like one and three or something. <laughs> oh, that worked out well. Uh, a easily very, I mean, in my opinion, unless we find something down the road that looks a little bit better, uh, game of the week potential for our Buffalo Bills against the enigma, in my opinion, that is the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I did a, a preview show where I, I solely rep the Bills and we were talking about the Dolphins on that show. Uh, we also did this on two point on their discussion topics episode that airs on Wednesdays. And obviously Andrew lens from two point is a big dolphins fan. So me and him went back and forth pretty hard. The dolphins look good. They don't look unbeatable. They don't look like, Oh my God, super team. The way the media is currently portraying them. They have one out of eight quarters where they look like, Holy shit. Right. They were down 35 to 14 in that game. I I would argue that. And again, I'm sure Dolphins fans out there be like, you're a hater. You hate to go. I mean, that's fine. My own two cents on that is that Baltimore lost that game. Yes. And the reason I say that is because it's not like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle were like jump balling for contested passes and whatever like that. They're just flat out blown coverages where three Ravens are looking at each other, pointing and shrugging and waddles 80 yards downfield. Like that. They, they messed that up. Right. Like they screwed. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't like they had him stride for stride and Tyreek Hill mossed a guy and then took it to the how like none of that happened. Right. Like they, several things were, there wasn't a purple Jersey in the screen. <laughs> It wasn't because anybody outran somebody. They just forgot how to play defense. Right. It it looked like a lot of. Again, it it looked like they went to that prevent defense look that like, okay, we're going to 
try to give what's underneath, but then you're on your toes because you know who you're playing. So you're trying to come downhill and then, oh, they beat up. Oh, they beat me up. Oh, they beat me. And again, it's not like it's not like it was insane plays. Uh, Mike Gusecki had easily the best catch of that game, bailing Tua out on a very high throw. And one of the things that I heard about that was like, you know, if that throw would have been lower, it could have been picked. It didn't need to be. I mean, Gusecki's what, six, eight. He's tall. I don't know if he's that tall, but he's tall. He's a big, he's a big boy. He's up there. And so even if he's six, four, right. As a tight end, then you add in the wingspan and the jump and he caught it in his fingertips. And right. like, you know, uh, Andrew Lenz comment <laughs> like on, on him, on basically it being like, you know, like the, the, the throw or whatever <clears throat> Montana into the end zone to win, like to, to seal a comeback win or whatever. And how that throw was high. And, you know, nobody says a word about that. But like, yeah, it was high, but it hit him in the hands. Like, Gasecki barely caught this day. Like, that wasn't a great throw. It was a phenomenal catch. I'm still not sold on Tua. I think this is a situation of the pieces around him are making him look better. I want Tua to do good enough that they stick with him for a few more years. Because I don't want this to be a thing where all of a sudden the Dolphins find a legitimate quarterback. And not that two is illegitimate, but I want him to be that like 13 to 17 in the league range. And I really, I, I think that's where he is. I think if nothing else, that in at least through the first two games, that he has proven to be an NFL starting quarterback. Yes. That's fine. There's 32 of them. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. <laughs> it's just like, I don't think he's elite. I think Dolphins fans will tell you he's elite. Yes. And really, and I don't understand. Now, listen, maybe it's Buffalo Bills goggles and maybe I'm biased. I probably am. But like watching the highlights and watching parts of that Dolphins game, like again, like he's still under through Tyreek Hill. That once again, Hill had a, had a step on everybody and had to stop and come back for a ball. Now, listen, it still wound up being a touchdown. It still was a 45 or a 50 yard score. But like, my point is, people are like, oh, all these articles that I saw on Facebook and people po- posting from Dolphins fans were like, oh, you know, any doubts about Tua's arm strength have been put to rest after week two? I'm like, really? Because I'm like, I'm, I'm watching that and I'm like, okay, 35 yards to Waddle, who then took it another 30 for a score. So it's a 60 yard touchdown. Right. He didn't throw it 60 yards. He threw it. It was a crossing route. That, do you know what I mean? That went Hill. The longest ball he threw all day was a 50 yard touchdown pass to Hill who had to stop and come back for the ball. Like he barely gets it out there. I don't know what game people are watching. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. uh, Big Diesel sent me a video and a tweet, and it was that game, the game from last week, the Dolphins Baltimore game mirrored. So Tua was a righty. He's a righty. Yeah. And Lamar was a lefty. I don't hate Lamar's action as a lefty the way I hate Tua's action. (laughs) as a lefty it's just very quick and darty which okay that's fine you know it's but it does it definitely looks goofier from the left than from the right Mm -hmm. his arm action is not nearly as bad as you would make it believe it just looks goofy coming from the other side so like when you look at him as a righty i'll send you the video he doesn't look terrible but the one thing that i did notice of the balls that they showed him throw only like one maybe two looked like they had a little zip on them. Other ones, I'm like, 
I'm waiting for someone to step in the line of this throw to pick it off because it's just taking forever to get there. Right. And, you know, I I, I did. I, I saw somebody post a video of like, oh, for those who say, you know, he, he can't throw into contested coverage. Like, Here's him throwing into triple coverage. And I'm like, no, there's three guys on the screen, but that's an open spot in the zone. Right. It's an open receiver. That's not. Can, let me let me show you a video of Calvin Johnson actually surrounded by three guys and all of them jump up together and he still catches the ball. And like that guy made a living off of doing that. That is not what those were. Yeah. Like you're, you're not beating coverage on a guy who's like swatting. He's there and it's just, it's just out of his reach. Like, no, that dude's out of it because he overran and he was trying to reach back for a ball to his zone. He's not covering. And then there's a hole in the zone between two other guys and it, he fit it in there and it took so long to get there. He caught it and was getting tackled quickly. That that last one that Waddle had, I think that was, that was, that might've been the most contested yeah. score. I think that he, that he threw. Well, and, and listen, like, and like I said, he, I think he proved that he is a competent NFL sure. quarterback. So, so is Kirk cousins. So is Dak Prescott. So, I mean, like the, the list goes on. I don't want any and, of those he, guys on my team. Andy Dalton was once a cop. Uh, right. You know what I mean? But how many championships do any of those guys have? None. Right. Like Mac, Mac Jones is fine. And I'm with you on this. And this is the same thing. And I really, when the Dolphins had Tannehill, I was of the same vote on that. That Tannehill, who was a wide receiver at Texas A&M and only switched to quarterback for the last like two years that he was there. I'm like, good. I hope you take that guy. I hope you stick with him. He was a decent quarterback, threw for 4,000 yards like clockwork. Lots of complete, made Jarvis Landry into a stud for a hot second. Never won anything, never did anything, no championship. They were never a threat to win a Super Bowl. They were never fit. Like, you know what I mean? You either have the guy or you're looking for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what it is. And the Buffalo Bills have the guy. Correct. The Bills have the guy that everyone else wishes they have. Uh, right. Dude, I mean, watching him every week, it gets more and more exciting. What, he he ran once last week. It wasn't designed. I think there was a designed, um, like read option on fourth down that we they got they stuffed that, it. Yeah, it was well, that, that that whole thing was just a train wreck. I mean, that was we didn't get the play until twelve seconds or until fourteen seconds. Huddled up at twelve and like Shakir lined up on the wrong side. Had to hustle. Barely got set when we snapped it. And the safety came in, crashed, and blew up the play. It was one of the only ugly spots. I didn't love a couple of our short yardage calls. Um, you know, a couple stuff runs to Zach Moss. Like when you're lined up short like that, and Zach Moss is in the game, they know you're going. Like it, it it's oh, it almost looked like when Frank Gore was on our team. When you right. knew, like you knew when Gore was on the field, we were going to probably more than likely hand it to him, especially in short yardage. And he got stuffed regularly, especially because he wasn't a spring chicken. But I mean, it's one of those things where I just didn't love some of those. If that's what we're nitpicking, great. Like, if that's what I have to nitpick about the Bills, I think we're in great shape. (laughs) Right. We've got bigger, bigger issues or don't have any bigger issues. That's fine. It'll be interesting to see how the injury bug sorts out. I haven't, I, I don't really look at injury reports till probably Saturday to get an idea of like what's really expected. Um, I feel far more confident in this game with if uh, Gabe Davis can play. I went back and forth with this on the hat stats and stats Twitter at HTS underscore pod with Tyler Spear, a local baseball guy in this area about, you know, he's basically saying like, you know, it's no big deal. If Davis can't play Kumro and Shakir got it, 
Like, I'm like, no, Gabe Davis on the field gives us possibly one of the best two man tandems in the NFL. Listen, my, my secondary is, is halfway decent. They're they're not a joke. They have Zav- Zavin Howard back there and Byron Jones. I mean, they're they're spending like a hundred something million dollars on their corners, and then it, their secondary is not bad. I I think that the biggest matchup will be our defensive line getting after Tua because he's athletic. He can run, and ours is definitely better than than Baltimore's. You know what I mean? I think he's going to be running for his life there for a second. So. um they have Nick Needham listed to start. I think isn't um not Howard the other one. Byron Jones. Isn't he isn't he hurt right now? Is he? I he might be. I'm not up to date on Miami's injury report. Neither am I. He's just I just uh, know that they, they have they've invested heavily yes. in the cornerback position. Yeah, he's just not on their depth chart currently. Um but yeah, I mean, looking at that, and that's what I said. I mean, Diggs has been in the in the two games they played last year, Diggs was held to like nine receptions for a hundred and like 22 yards and two touchdowns. So he had a, he had a touchdown in, in, in each game, but he was held to under 60 yards in both of them. Allen didn't break 250 in either meeting. So like, it's, it's not like they're, Oh my God, this defense is they're better than Tennessee. Having Davis makes us more dynamic and like, and gives us a, a much bigger edge that I would really, really like to have. Um, Am I worried? A little. But they showed they can be explosive. They showed if you know if you make mistakes, they're going to make you pay. Uh, I'm intrigued to see what it looks like against Tyreek Hill with Tua throwing to him. Do we creep up on the line and, and try to limit his ability to get in space with the ball? Or do we back off and say, we're not going to let you beat us deep and we're going to try to fill lanes? I don't know. That's how people have been playing Mahomes. I mean, basically, Tampa, Tampa 2 defense. Everything's in front of us. If you dick and dunk us to death, then so be it. But what you're not going to do is have these 95 yard touchdowns. Like it's right. It's a momentum swing. It's a it's a quick score, and we're not going to allow that to happen. Yeah. So I'm intrigued to see what the Bills' game plan is here. Um, we've had a lot of success against Tua with blitzing. Tua had a lot of success recently this year against the blitz. I think we I think we disguise our blitz as well. Like I think it we we don't even do it that often. We don't. Uh, sacked Stafford seven times. We didn't blitz once. I like we, fantastic. We have the lowest blitz rate in the league right now, and we have the second most sacks and like the highest pass rush win rate. And like it's disgusting. Uh, leading in turnovers, I believe it's just unreal, unbelievable what we've done defensively with a pretty much based defense. But I think the Bills take this one because we're so good on both sides. Um, I think a we have to play full four quarters and. At the same time, Miami can't take well, just just ask Baltimore. They played really great for three quarters and that didn't work out for them. Yeah. And I, I don't see us being that team. I don't think 35 to 14. You're seeing Josh on the sidelines this week. Like I, that, like last week, you saw the Titans give up. They waved the white flag. They took out their starters and we right. said, okay, we're going to take out ours, too. And we're going to coast to this being done. 30, 35, 14. I think you see Josh in the game. I think you see pedal to the metal. And it's going to they they proved last week if you have your foot on their throat, you have to step down. And I think the Bills are the team that are going to do that. That's fine. Uh, let's hang 50 on them. I'm okay. Yeah. It's just I, a big 50 burger. I'm good. I, I do think we win. Um, I'm intrigued. Again, the, the big the big thing here is their defense will not shut down our offense. Our our defense can and I think will shut down their uh, their offense to Cor- at least corner. Corner is going to be interesting. 
Yes. Because with Dane Jackson now hurt and stuff like that, they now it's Elam and Bedford. Yeah. That, that, I mean, those are your guys. I mean, a rookie and your fourth corner, like that's that's tough. Well, two uh, two rookies are going to be starting. They've really right. Liked, well, right, right, yeah, really liked right. Elam and Bedford this year. Um, and then Teron Johnson, I believe, is listed as our slot corner or nickel corner. Or is, is he been playing outside? I don't remember. Well, and then it's going to be as you know, will Mike Hyde play after his injury? <clears throat> So I'm going to look that up real quick. Uh, let's see what we have here. I mean, and really, it's it it kind of is what it is. It's it, we talk about it in baseball all the time. Everyone's playing at like 75. percent You know what I mean? Like nobody cares. It's yeah. it, nobody. Nobody. You get no sympathy when you get the injury bug. Every team deals with injuries. Every player is playing with some no. bump and bruise. Uh, Gabe Davis had a light practice. Micah Hyde and Dane Jackson did not participate. Dawson Knox did not participate. Cam Lewis was in a full practice. Milano was full. Morse and Oliver were light. Phillips did not participate. Poyer, light practice, settle, light practice. Uh, so it looks like those, there's a lot of guys in there that look like they should be ramping up for the, uh, for the four, for the upcoming, you know, uh, let's see. So Teron Armstead, offensive tackle, did not participate. Keith and Carter, their tight end, who cares? It's not their starter. Uh, Xavier Howard did not participate with a groin injury. Uh, Ingram had a vet rest day. Hunter Long had a, another, did not participate. And then really everybody else on there is just nobody of uber consequence. So uh, both sides have some some injuries to deal with, but I do think the Bills take this game. I'm hoping that, that that's our goal. I, again, I, I can't see us not putting at least 35 on the board. And I don't I mean that that's like all of us. Like, isn't it like don't we have a ton of straight wins? Uh ten by double it or ten or twenty of our last our last twenty wins or something have been by double digits or something. Right. Right. That when we win, we blow people out. Yes. Um Bengals Jets. This is gonna be this should be, you'd hope, a get right game for the Bengals. Right. A, a weirder, more important game than <laughs> would normally be week no three. Kidding. No kidding. The Bengals going 0-3 is basically, I think you write them off for the season. No, that that really that that'll be it. Last year, I mean, I think since like 2016, 11% of the teams that went 0-2 made the playoffs. Like I mean, it's, it's really like not a lot yeah. to do that. And 0-3, I bet you it's probably one like you can count them on one hand. Probably. Especially in one of the tougher divisions of football. I, I do think they beat the Jets. Um I think they are that much better than the Browns. I think they are that much better than I, and I think they're better than they've played. They showed it last year. Um, one of the biggest things I saw a very disheartening stat that, you know, you look at two guys like um, David Carr and Andrew Luck and how many times they had gotten sacked in their first, you know, four seasons or whatever it was. And Burrow is well beyond that already. Well, they spent a bunch of money trying to improve it too, and I, I don't know if the guys just aren't that good or whatever. But I mean, they're really they're struggling. Yeah, and he's been running for his life. So uh, I'm going to call a Bengals get right game here. There's not a whole lot to talk about. The Jets are going to be the bottom feeder of the AFC East. The Bengals are at this point fighting for their lives. I think the Bengals take it, just on a sheer talent standpoint. No, I agree with you. As an overall roster, I think, I mean, they're just better than really the quarterback position. Flacco has had a nice resurgence, but he, it's still not Joe Burrow. No. And uh, 
we're we spent a half hour in the first two games, so I'm going to try to <laughs> keep going. That's fine. That again, not 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 all games are not created equally. That's all right. Uh, I think the Titans are in for another rough week against the Raiders. I think the Raiders are built well enough to beat them. Uh, and after what Stefan Diggs did to them last week, I think if you fantasy owners with Devontae Adams on your team, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> start him uh, green light. Start, 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 and start again. Not that you wouldn't with Devontae. I seriously, Adams. yeah, right. It's not like he ever comes out of your lineup. You're starting Adams every week, but but th- this is the one you look at and you're like, oh, I got a great matchup for him. Sweet. So that'll be fun. Um, I'm intrigued to see a little side storyline that I want to pay attention to. I've had a lot of talk with some Titans fans this week who are telling me that it's not Derrick Henry, it's their offensive line. And watching a rookie corner fighting off a block and taking him down alone behind the line of scrimmage, I think Derrick Henry, I think that injury affected him a lot more last year than they'd like to admit. <clears throat> and I don't know if we'll see the return of Derrick Henry the way he was. Still going to be serviceable. It'll it'll be interesting because I mean really it, they had Roger Saffold which now is on Buffalo and right. I mean Taylor Luan went down in the first like four plays of the game again he, 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 right so I mean I don't know anytime you got you lose two linemen and stuff like that I don't know who they they signed in free agency but it, clearly they're not up to this not not for the amount that that team runs and people and they said it during the the commentary during the Bills game last week where they called it the AJ Brown effect that they said well we're a running team and. We don't need AJ Brown or whatever. Yeah, but you still have to pay attention to him, right? Do you know what I mean? Like he doesn't just—he disappears on a stat sheet because you know Henry is just dominating and you know thirty-seven carries for two hundred yards and we, you know the the games that Derrick Henry are accustomed to. Yeah, but when the run would get stuffed, every now and again AJ Brown would have a eight for one forty and one. You know what I mean? Like he would and be like, oh well, shit. That you know that that's why AJ Brown's there, right? And now that doesn't exist anymore because Traylon Burks and the the shadow of Robert Woods is not. Well, and, and Burks could be good, but he's not A.J. Brown. I mean, he's, right, a well, guy, and, he's and he's a rookie. It's just it is what it is. It's, he's, he's a guy you want to get the ball in his hands and let him do let him work his magic. I don't know if he's a guy that's going to take the top off anybody. Right. And bare minimum, uh, Tannehill barely had time to try to take the top off anybody. So, right. And the Raiders have a pretty decent pass rush from what I recall. No, I mean, it's going to be a long day. Starts with Max Crosby and, and goes from there. I think they signed Chandler Jones in the offseason as well. So their, their pass rush will be getting after him. Yeah. So this will be this will be a fun one. Um, Again, I, I'm just I'm intrigued to see. I, I don't know if we'll ever see Derrick Henry the way we've seen Derrick Henry in the past. Again, still serviceable. You got to figure out your offensive line first. But I think he'll still have a couple games where he's pushing. But we're not going to see. 250 and three scores from Derek. Listen, he's he's on the wrong side of 27 and he's got a lot of carries. A lot of lots of carries. Uh, The Saints and Panthers, this again, I want to say this should be a get right game for the Saints, but the Saints haven't looked good. Jameis Winston, not that guy. You know what? I mean, I I think he can't be. So he's been playing with like four broken vertebrae and like his lower lumbar or something like that. So I don't know. They said it's not hindering him. I don't know how you have several broken vertebrae and it's not affected. Like football's not a a low contact sport, regardless uh, of what position you play. A a coach that is near and dear to three of the hosts on this show once said that you can't play football with a bunch of gutless pussies. And I'm not saying that he is a gutless pussy, but there's a reason you can't play it with gutless pussies because it just doesn't work. It's a tough game. Right. So I, I think them saying, oh, no, his back's fine. Like, yeah, he's not he's not in any pain. Uh, BS. I do, I do not think that that is the case. I think he's toughing it out, and, and that's fine. That's what you're expected to do when you're getting paid millions of dollars. 
but it also wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden like he gets hit once and who's that? Oh, it's Taysom Hill as the quarterback. Oh, all right, this will be different now. And it would actually it would actually be Andy Dalton as their back. Oh, is that they're they're not going to go back to the Red Rifle? All right. No, I think they, I think they figured out that Taysom Hill is a uh, a gimmick and a plug and play switch knife, but he's he's, not. he's a tight end and he had like seventy eight rushing yards. Yeah, Dude, like I, I'm confused as to what you what would you say you do here? Uh, Question mark. I, well. Uh, my position in fantasy football should just be flex where you can play me <laughs> like literally any position. You Doesn't can matter. choose to start me anywhere, but kicker and defense. Right. Agreed. Uh, that would actually be kind of cool. I would actually love for that to be a thing. That'd yeah, be awesome. that would be, that would be kind of cool. Um, I, I think the saints eke this one out. I, so do I, I. the Panthers of, don't look good. Yeah, they don't. They, and really and the saints defense has looked fantastic, yeah. which they, they usually do. That's, that's, I mean, MO. Yep, they held Tom Brady to. I mean, now listen, they they won that game by ten, and Tom Brady wound up scoring twenty on them. But it like it was three three in the third quarter. Well, and Tom Brady only had like it was under two hundred yards and only had one touchdown. I think too. Right, right. So, yeah, uh, Saints take that one. I think I I want Baker to do so well, but every time I look at the stats from his games, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I was, 16, I was like sixteen, Sam twenty nine for one fifty and one doesn't do it. Sam Sam Darnold can do that. Like I don't know if they no needed kidding. a trade for Baker. Sam Darnold could have done all the things that Baker's doing. No kidding. My uh, God, are we lucky that we have Josh Allen? Like how different that draft could have been. Good God. No kidding. Uh, I'm waiting for them to sign Josh Rosen to have four of the five. Seriously, just keep rolling. Three, three to five, right? I think they already did, didn't they? I don't I'll know. I'll have to look that one up. I think Rosen got cut from somebody who's on his like 12th team in the last five years or something. I, I think they're on their. Uh, they need they need they would need Josh and Lamar to finish out the uh, infinity stones of that draft. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Ravens are going to, in my opinion, just whoop the shit out of the Patriots, uh, especially after last week's game. I think you see a very angry and vengeful Ravens team. You know what this uh, and while I want to agree with you there, I feel like that's that's too obvious. This one has trap game written all over it to me. Do you know what I mean? We're like everybody will will bet the Ravens so heavily, and then oh shit, New England won that game. How about that? Do you know what I mean? Like it'll be one of those. Yeah, it'll be one of those. And if it is, it's like the Ravens' offense just can't get off the ground. Right. I listen. They're playing at Foxborough, which regardless of whether Tom Brady's there or not, they're always tougher at home. It just is right. what it is. But it just would not surprise me if the Pats wind up winning that game, and all of a sudden. The Ravens are one and two, and so are the Bengals if they beat the Jets. And you know what I mean? That that division shakes up a little bit. And then all of a sudden, I mean, what, everyone, the Steelers are in first place then. Everyone's bundling in the middle again. Uh, right, right. Um, I the only thing I'm I the only reason I'm not calling trap game here is because yes, it's a team you should beat, but you just came off a tough loss, like a bad, mm-hmm. a bad loss to a good team. Like you're gonna want to come out and get right on this one. And if they listen, if they were rolling, if they rolled through Miami. I think they come in with that big dick energy and they might get tripped, but I don't, I don't think they're, they're looking for every tripwire out there right now. And I think they're coming out with, with some aggression, but it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we, we don't always agree on things. So that's uh, the nice part about this show, <laughs> the lions and the Vikings. I have loved the lions this year. I dude, I've been, I watched hard knocks. I'm a big Dan Campbell fan. I have really, I've been rooting for him the whole time. Hell yeah. Uh, I, I want the Lions to win this game. I think it's, I, I want this to be fireworks, uh, for all my fantasy teams purposes, but <laughs> I, I do, I want this to be a high scoring affair. I think 
I don't think the Lions can shut down Justin Jefferson the way the Eagles just did. Right. I don't, I don't think the Vikings can shut down the, the Lions offense, which has looked really good and looked really good against that Eagles defense that you struggled against. I so like I'm I'm torn game. I'm torn with this game because I I bet a futures bet that said the Vikings were going to win the division. Oh, so like and now Green Bay won, and I'm like, oh man, so there's a whole thing. So and the Vikings got their butts kicked last week, so I'm hoping that they would get right and beat the Lions. So while emotionally and as a football fan, I like the Lions and I'm rooting for them, can't in good conscience against my own money. Right, <laughs> if you root against the Vikings. Like, oh, I, need, I need him. I need him to win as many games as possible. Totally fair. Um, so I'm taking Lions. You're taking the Vikings. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. I listen. I, I really the Lions have a very real shot to win this game. I like everything they're doing. I think they're they're uh, uh, to say up and coming is silly, but like no, they are an up and coming team. There's a lot of young talent on that roster, and they like what's the oldest part of the team? Their quarterback, right, Jared Goff, who's 27, a very serviceable guy. Until you can build the rest of your team and then find the guy. Sure. I think they're going in a great direction. Uh, Eagles commanders, NFC least competition here. I, Carson Wentz coming back to Philly in division for a division game. I think the Eagles just stomp the crap out of them. They have looked really good. Uh, I'm with you on this. One. I mean, uh, it, it depends on, on which Carson Wentz showed up. I mean, the Carson Wentz, like the first half of last week, he was like, Nine for 14 for 38 yards. Now he finished with 330. Do you know what I mean? Like it right. wound up being way different, but like which Carson Wentz are we getting? But I mean, I think in general, the Eagles just have a, a better roster, a better quarterback, better. Well, I mean, I was going to say better weapons, but really, I mean, Washington's weapons are Samuel, Jan, Doxon, Terry McLaurin, Gibson. I mean, they, they do well. Yeah. Um, but the Eagles can run when they want to. They can pass when they want to. And they spent a whole bunch of free agency dollars in on their defense this year. So I don't know. I, I think the Eagles are going to take this one as well. They're going to steal one on the road. Yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to steal it. I think they're going to take what they want and burn the place down. <laughs> Speaking of taking what they want, what they, what they want and burn the place down, entering a trap game. The Chiefs take on the Colts in Indy. The Colts look like a dumpster fire. I think uh, the Colts are in the running to get their next Andrew Luck. I don't know if that quarterback's going to be, you know, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, you know what I mean? Any of these up and coming college guys, but the Colts are going to be in the running to almost immediately replace Matt Ryan. That Ryan will start off as their starting quarterback next year at 38 or 39 years old. And I mean, eventually it'll be the Kenny Pickett situation where, all right, we've had enough of this. Go get him, kid. I, I don't even think it'll be that. I think they're going to be picking in the top five and. Pick number one is going to be quarterback. Matt Ryan will ride off into the sunset after a rough season, not wanting to go through it again. And the Colts rebuild will be on. I think Frank Reich is out of a job after this year. I think the GM is out of a job after this year. And I think they do a full tilt overhaul personally. Uh, I just, I mean, I don't know if I, I think Frank Reich does a pretty good job there. I think the main issue is you, you put a bandaid on a, on a situation is really what happened there. Well, that's, and from, from a GM standpoint, you put a bandaid on a situation and that's what you did last year. And that's what you did the year before. Like you keep signing these one year deals to these vet, these veteran QBs that aren't getting the job done for you. Well, I mean, they, they went to the playoffs at rivers. You know what I mean? So that wasn't so bad. Now what they gave up to get Carson Wentz was unbelievable. I mean, that's just. That's just silly talk. But I mean, they ended up getting at least some of it back with getting him, moving him onto the to Washington. Right, two twos. Yeah, right. 
So, but I mean, I really what they sh- if they there's a fair argument to be made. Now I don't remember. I mean, it was three years ago, like who the quarterbacks were when they signed Rivers. That they that if they'd have just drafted a rookie that year, that three years later they'd be in a better situation than they would have been doing this veteran thing. To your point, that they've been doing right now. So that would have been the 2020 draft class. So this year they've got Ryan. Last year they had Wentz. Did they have Wentz for two years? No, or just, just one. It was one and that. Yeah. So the year before that, because um, the Bills played them in the first one of the playoffs and beat them. So that was 2019. Um, Rivers in 19, Wentz in 20, and no, but you had to have been Wentz in 21. So it's, so it's 2020. You had it. Yep. Try to block that whole COVID year from my mind. That's just <laughs> erasing data. No kidding. Let's see. Well, uh, that this was the draft class with Joe Burrow to uh, Herbert. They uh, Jordan Love. Where did Indy pick in this draft? Had to be had to be later, or did they give up picks because they had ones? No, because that was Philip Rivers. Did they trade their first to get DeForest Buckner? It's possible. Did did J- Javen Kinlaw go to the Niners like twelve or thirteen somewhere in there? If you're looking at the draft class. Yes. Okay. So that's what happened. They traded. That's where they would have picked is that was Indy's pick. Cause that's where the 49ers. Picked, they would have picked 14. Uh, okay. So they wouldn't have gotten Herbert to our burrow, but I don't right. know who else. Uh, Jordan love went in this draft, nah. which I don't think you're missing anything there. Jalen hurts. That one sucks. Right. So that could have been an option. Could you imagine having to cover hurts and Jonathan Taylor? Like that's a whole different. Uh, and, well, so but that's the interesting part. They took Jonathan Taylor in the second round before this, so they could have had him. They didn't. They took Jonathan Taylor, right? And let Hurts uh, let Hurts slide, and that's where he got taken. I understand the quarterbacks are. We had this whole debate about Barkley when oh, you took a running back, but you don't have a quarterback, so it doesn't help you. But like, I don't know. Really tough to be like, yeah, we'd be better off without Jonathan Taylor. I don't think anybody can make that argument. Correct. And. uh yeah, nobody after that was any worth any salt. So really, it, it okay. So you have Hertz, but you don't have Taylor. Then I listen, but you you can move up. People make moves. Oh sure. I don't know. I don't know what it costs you to move up six spots. But like maybe maybe they could have had Herbert. You don't know. It could have been could have been anything. Uh, Which I mean, good lord, uh, MVP of all time. If you get Herbert at five and then like Taylor in the second, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Trying to see where they picked in 19 to see if they could have gotten ahead of this somehow. And we're wasting a lot of airtime doing it. <laughs> uh, Seriously, we have okay. so many games left. So they picked Rocky Asin second oh. in that in the second round in the second round of that year. And after him, they could have had Drew Locke. Yeah. And I don't know if there's anybody else worth their salt as I go down here. That was that was the Daniel Jones year, so that while it wasn't that wasn't a good year either. Will Will Greer, Ryan Finley, all passes. All those guys got some starts at one point or another, but none of them panned out into anything. Yeah, I mean Murray went first overall. Um, Danny Dimes went sixth. It was a it was a light year. So really, they've been doing what they had to to get by, but. I digress. Uh, I I think they could be in a position to take that guy next year, but I think, and I, if you look into the Colts a little bit more, uh, apparently you find out that Frank Reich wasn't the one calling plays when he was in Philly, though he got a lot of credit for it. Right. That was Peterson actually calling the plays. And then uh, since then, he hasn't done well. Their, their most, the 
their best offensive run was when they actually let Matt Ryan call the plays when they were running tempo and just let him call it on the field and their offense looked competent. And then Reich took back over and their offense started to sputter again. So, well, uh, they didn't have any receivers. They had Zach Pascal was your best receiving talent because Alec Pierce had a concussion and Pittman was out with a quad thing. I mean, they, they don't have anybody to throw the ball to. Right. So, but I, I think the chiefs take this one by at least three touchdowns. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a 21 point chiefs win at least at least. And the Colts might, I, I, the, the chiefs defense isn't good. The Colts might get shut out again. Agreed. Texans bears. I, I like the Texans in this game. You know, I was just going to say, I think uh, Fields is going to be all right. In this game. <laughs> I, I listen. I think Fields is going to be all right. I like the Texans in this game. I don't know what it is about the Texans, but they are finding ways to be competitive. I mean, now granted you lost 16 to six to the Broncos, but I mean, you you held that offense to 16 points. Not that that offense had anything to call home about, but it, uh, seriously, we'll, we'll get to Russell Wilson in a second. You know, it's not terrible. I just think that I think the, the Bears are a little bit more dynamic. I think Fields moves around better than obviously Mr. Mills does for the Texans. And Montgomery is better than Damon how, Pierce. And how, you know what I mean? How dare you talk about the best rookie in last year's draft class like that? <laughs> the unmitigated gall. Uh, listen, he he's fine. He's okay. He's not unbelievable though. But I really just mean that when Fields gets to improvise and they move him around. Yeah. I said that he that he can really do some do some damage. It really, for a second there against Green Bay, he looked good, and then I don't know what happened. Like that first drive, they went right downfield and scored, and then I don't know, forgot how to play football. I the have rest a, of the game. I have a theory about scripting your first drive that coaches and offensive coordinators put so much effort into. This is what we're going to do to set the tone for game one or for the first one, and then they either get too far off that script after that, or they don't know how to build on it because like how many teams you see come out I mean, the, the titans did it came down marched down the field tied the game granted should have been a field goal there should have been a delay or a, a false start penalty on the touchdown regardless they came down they scored a touchdown they, they tied the game and it had that feeling of like well if this is what this is going to be like it's gonna be a long day and then they couldn't duplicate it ever again so i don't know i, I think there's something to be said about scripting that first drive and then kind of having to play it by year and you know, that's what separates good coaches from great coaches is a good plan versus the ability to adjust. Right. I don't know. I haven't seen enough of the Bears, and obviously their game one slop fest against the Niners doesn't really count. Hard to get any feel for that one. Sure. But uh, I guess we'll see. It, this, this monsoon game was tough. I mean, really, I look at it like I feel like the Bears had an opportunity to win that game. David Montgomery was ripping off huge chunks of run. He had like 15 rushes for 122 yards. I'm like, why didn't he have 25 carries for 230? Do you know what I mean? Like, I understand game script, but like they didn't get blown out by 50. I feel like you could have kept Aaron Rodgers on the sideline and kept grinding. And I, I don't know. Don't ask me. Yeah, I agree with you. Could have, would have, should have. Yeah, this one's a coin flip to me. I think this really could go either way. The, the Texans have this weird us against the world feeling to them a little bit. Like we're not supposed to be good. So we're going to be competitive. And right. There's, I think the Bears are like, we're trying to suck, but it's not working. Like, um, I'm going to I'm gonna take the home team in this one, though. I'm taking the Bears. Yeah, I'll give you that. Plus, the the weather up here in the Northeast is kind of weird. And I'm, technically, they're not Northeast, but kind of Northeast-ish. The Jags Chargers. Oh, boy. Jags Chargers. This is one of those weird games that I would look at it going, yeah, man, the Chargers are going to roll this team, and they're going to be unbelievable. And then like, I'm going to look at the score and be like, the Jags won 23-20? to 20? 
weird. You know what I mean? Like it's just one of those things. Uh, I saw a thing. People are saying that Justin Herbert is going to be the next Philip Rivers. Does really well for a really long time, but can never really win the big one. Is always going to be second fiddle to somebody. Listen, the Chargers are notorious for that. I mean, how do you have like Rivers, Antonio Gates, uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, Michael Turner? Like, I mean, they have like Hall of Famers on their team, multiples. Yes. Never won anything. Like, they never even sniffed it. Like, did not come close. Yeah. One, one playoff game and out type stuff every year, every time they made it. I listen, now having to deal with Peyton Manning every year. I mean, and Tom Brady. I get it. Like, between those two, Absolutely. it's like, Philip Rivers' whole career, he never made it past either one of those guys. Yeah. So maybe it's just maybe it's just bad luck. Well, but, but I whatever. Herbert's got bad luck. Now it's Allen, Mahomes, and Burrow, and everybody else in the AFC. Right. You you have this whole this whole gambit of high end quarterbacks you're going against, and I think he could be one of the best of them. Oh sure, you do. Uh, the dude like the we we talk about a little bit when we're and we're actually going to try to find a way to put an actual number on it, but the dog per sixty. So the amount of dog in a player for sixty minutes. Herbert right now is near the top of whatever metric we decide that measurement would, would be out of. I mean, that dude's easily got broken ribs without question. So much so he went to take off late in the game and he ended up like pulling up wincing and just spiking the ball on the ground being like, no, no, I can't do it. And then the next play throws an absolute rocket for a touchdown. I mean, I understand like, you, you moved a certain way, and I, I don't understand how one play you pull up and you're hurt, and the next play you're throwing missiles. But uh, Herbert's got the stuff, and they just need to figure out a way to close out a game for him. Granted, like the her- six in the end zone didn't help. Herbert Herbert's everything that they thought that Marcus Mariota was going to be. Yes. Like coming out of Oregon, and they're like, oh, my God, Mariota, he's unbelievable. Like He can run, he can throw, he can do it all. I'm like, oh. That's Herbert. <laughs> he's he's a, he's athletic enough to move. He's six five. He's two twenty five. I mean, he's every the size, the prototypical quarterback with modern day athleticism. Yes. Um, and I mean, even even the pick six, I don't put a ton of that on Herbert. I mean, if you watch that game, uh, his one receiver was trying to come off the field, and they were like, seriously, no, like no, I need no. a sub, I need a sub, I need a sub, right? And he's like, out there again. He's literally like like his head's hanging and he's like barely motioning. Like I need a sub. And then they call a play where he looks like he's primary read and he can't even like break out of his route because he's so gassed. That's tough. Right. But you know, and, and there's no way Herbert can know that in the moment. You know, sure. It is what it is. I do think the chargers take this one, but I think again, I'm going to go with the better, better team and the home team. That's uh, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, the Jag, I think the Jags put up a fight. I think they're create they they're they're tra- starting to figure out some things with that offense, but it's not going to be enough. Uh, the Rams and the Cards. I think the Rams are going to embarrass the crap out of the Cardinals, and I say that understanding that it's a divisional game and that never works out. I just, I mean, the Cardinals' defense looks bad. Yes, like really bad. Like they had stints against the Raiders last week of like forcing fumbles, and I don't know how the Raiders lost that game, but I guess go figure. But I, I just. I think Aaron Donald eats in this game, and I don't know. I think that Ramsey's going to lock down Marquise Brown, and that's your whole offense. <laughs> I think that's that's the whole kit and caboodle there. And if Kyler's not running for his life, um, that's the only way they have a shot, is if he's improvising and just, you know, running for 85 yards for a first down. Right. I mean, that's you can't win like that. Like, that. that's not a sustainable style of football. All right. 
Um, Jalen Ramsey last week looked like he was very pissed off about his performance the week before and came out and played better. And I, the Rams are just going to take this one. I think I, I, I don't think they're going to trip up again, especially not in division, especially to the Cardinals. Yep. Nothing with you. I think Rams win handily on the road. The, uh, the Bucks Packers game is going to be interesting. It will be interesting. I don't know. This one's the, the biggest coin flip for me of the entire week. Yeah. Just because the Bucks defense has been fantastic. Um, the Packers defense has not been great, but with Mike Evans out, Godwin's out, Brashad Perryman's banged up, Russell Gage is banged up. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, who is Tom Brady throwing the football to? I, I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I, I almost weirdly expect Cole Beasley to be activated before this game. Uh, right. And right. Just on basic routes. Like, yep, hey, listen, I can run a crossing pattern. I can go through three steps and hang a right hand turn. Yeah. Like, listen, don't you're not gonna be able to audible with me on the line unless we go over things really, really well. And I'm I do think he's smart enough to get like to be able to do it. Uh, Beasley's not an idiot. He's oh. I mean, you've been in the league over 10 years. Uh, he's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll be able to he'll be serviceable at bare minimum. And but he's not a number one. He's not. He cannot be your number one receiver. Right. So, uh, and I mean, and the Packers don't have a receiver to talk about either. So, right. I, this I, is the whole game of nothing. Like, how good will the running? Who's going to win this game? Aaron Jones and Dylan or Fournette? Like, right. like which one of the running games is going to do their do their jobs? Yeah. So this this is going to be probably this might be as ugly of a Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady matchup as we will ever see in our lifetime. Right. I feel like they put that game on the schedule because it was some sort of highly anticipated matchup. And now it's like, yeah. yeah and then neither, neither guy has a, has anyone to throw. To. Uh, right. Randall Cobb going to be a star. Right. <laughs> I think Alan Lazard will be their leading receiver. They'll go back to the Wiley vet, <laughs> the other Wiley vet. Uh, I'm going to take the bucks here because they're home and their defense is better. That's just, that, and I, same, same thing. Same. I think the the goat figures it out. He's been figuring it out thus far. The Saints game didn't look good. Whatever. He won. It is what it is. And now the Packers and Aaron Rodgers are better than the Cowboys and are better than the Saints, but I still think he's got that advantage. I don't think their defense is. I think offensively they are because of Aaron Rodgers, but I think their defense, which was supposed to be one of the better units in football, at least thus far, not playing well. Has, correct. Correct. Oh, uh, the Falcon Seahawks is going to be right up there for the suck bowl contender with tonight's Thursday night game. You know what? Um, I'm still going Falcons in this game hard. I'm going with Falcons on the road. And I feel like that's that's just mathematically incorrect because I feel like I've taken the road team a few times today. But the Falcons have been competitive. I mean, last second field goal loss in week one and then four point loss to the Rams last week. Right. I mean, now the Rams have not been playing well, but the late surge. Right. Right, that they've been competitive, and that's all you can ask of somebody. And the Seahawks are not good. So I think the Falcons take this game. Cordell Patterson, career day. Put it on the board. We can only hope. The Niners in Denver for Sunday Night Football. Uh, Jimmy G stepping in. No no team has ever been happier that they couldn't get rid of their old starter (laughs) than the Niners are right now. I listen. He tried to move him so bad. And then finally just restructured his deal to a one-year deal with like crazy incentives. There's an incentive in his contract. If any game he plays more than 25% of the snaps, he gets like $500,000. I think it's three three fifty that they, they said in a press conference. They're like, hey, you made three hundred fifty grand today. He was, how do you think about that? Or what's your mental status of that? And he's like, oh, he's, honestly, I didn't, I didn't think about it until you just said it. He goes, well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> he was just <laughs> smiling during the press conference. And there, there's another one 
Um, like he has two of them, and I think that's where he gets close to like the five hundred or six hundred thousand dollar mark. And it's gonna like it's gonna be stupid things that like he's going to do that every single game. So like I, I think it's that it's like twenty five percent of the snaps, and then if he like if he gets if the win goes on his stat sheet as a quarterback, he gets like another like two fifty or something like that. It's just like so he could make five hundred thousand dollars a game if they went out for right in, in addition, right? Yeah, in addition to what he's being paid. Right. I, I right right now today, I think they're they're better with Garoppolo than they are with Trey Lance. Potential wise, Lance's ceiling is higher. His floor is also lower. I just don't. I I don't know that we can say that because we didn't see enough of him. I mean, we saw him in a game that monsoon game we were talking about, and he, he threw. He was two for three for thirty yards before he got hurt. So like. I would have loved to have seen him play a full season. And uh, this was a discussion topic on two point the other day. And my take on it was, listen, you're, if you're the Niners, you are officially in win now mode because sure. one of two things happens. You go out, you put it out there and you go, let's win the whole fucking thing. And you do. And then you say, you know what? Maybe we should pay Jimmy G to stick around. And just the Trey Lance, Trey Lance will be a good backup for us. No big deal. We're going to pay the guy who just want to want it. For us, let's just move out. Let's just move forward with him, or he doesn't, and you move on for a minute anyway, like you plan to. And now he's right. not- one way or another, you'll know, right? Yeah. So I, I think that's that's the answer there. Um, you know, you have to just you you go to try to win it now, and if you do, you do, and you keep him. If you don't, you don't, and you move on. I don't think a Jimmy G loss in the NFC Championship warrants you hanging on to him. Right. Well, I mean, he he went to a Super Bowl where they were up ten points in the Chiefs and then wound up losing. Right for Patrick Mahomes only Super Bowl, yeah. But Jimmy G has certainly had a, a fair share of success with their running game and their defense, and not yeah. losing them games. I mean, he's also had that many opportunities, and he hasn't quite gotten it done. So, Correct. And and that's that's where you're at. Like, all right, do we want? We know what we're getting with this guy. Do like we think this kid can do the job better. He can get us over that hump for whatever reason. You move on which they were going to do this year. So unless he wins it for you this year, you move on. But I mean, for this game specifically, I, I think the Niners are going to roll. I think so too. Once, once again, I I'm picking the road team again. So I'll be wrong on several of these, I'm sure. But honestly, right now, I think Nathaniel Hackett is in way over his head. I don't know anything they're doing on offense. It looks silly and mundane and not creative. I, there's nothing. I People are like, oh, Russell Wilson, but I I don't know how much of it's Russ. I think the play calling is is really, really, really not good. Did you see where the Denver faithful had to start counting down the play clock because like he just had no clue. He was so lost last week that like they when the play clock would hit like 20 seconds, the whole the crowd like 19, 18, like as a reminder that, hey, idiot, you have to get a play in in time so they can set up and run the damn play. Right. That's bull- and I've I've seen TikToks now where like people are making like he, that he can't tell time. Yeah. That that's the that's the joke is like, oh, Nathaniel, hey, he can't tell time. He his watch doesn't work. Whatever he's wearing on his wrist does not tell actual time because he can't tell time. Oh, that's so bad. But yeah, the Niners roll here. It, yep. Hard not to. And the Broncos, they should be good. This, this is a con- this is a conversation of like when you win, it's because of the players. When you lose, it's because of the coaches. This is you're losing because of your coach. Oh, 100%. This is this is Anthony Lynn with the Chargers, where he was like actively losing them games. And I'm like, oh my God, how do, how are you going to make it to this season? You 100% should be fired. Yes. I don't know how you're doing this. But I'm with you. Just watching that Seahawks game, and I'm like, 
oh, bootleg, and then dump it off, like lob it over the rusher's head to whoever snuck out into the backfield and then let him run. Like it was like a weird bootleg screen game rollout. It was awful. They didn't target Judy or Sutton till like almost halftime. Right. Like, how do you how do you do that? Hey, your top two receivers don't have a catch. And it wasn't because the Seahawks defense was just, you know, stifling. They just couldn't um, get a play. How do you not have a play? Get, run a screen game. Dump it off to them. Get it in their hands. Let them run. Do, do anything. Do something to get the guys that are in the position to do things for you. Right. To be able to do those things. Correct. So dumb. Um, yeah, it, it, that one's going to be ugly. Niners are going to roll on Sunday night. And then Monday night, we're going to roll into the Big Apple where the one and one Cowboys are taking on the two and O New York football giants. Go Dable. He's in, he's not in the AFC. I can root for him. Yeah. Go ahead. And, and it doesn't look good. It doesn't look pretty by any means. Uh, we were talking about a giants team with a 1916 win over the Panthers and a 21 20 win over the Titans. Uh, the same Titans that just got steamrolled in Buffalo or uh, yeah, in <laughs> right. Buffalo on Monday. Uh, they squeaked one out in week one. The Cowboys looked not great against the Bucs. They couldn't do anything. Well, so so is everybody else. <laughs> and then Cooper Rush comes out and takes a W from the Bengals. So I, stupid takes of the week, because I know you're a fan of that. My, Michael Irvin on national television said that Cooper Rush looked like Tom Brady. And the other analyst like literally like stared at him like he was the burning bush, like what 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 <laughs> Cooper Rush looked like Tom Brady. Oh my god, that's awesome. I mean, you can say, hey, listen, he was he was Dak ish. Like he's a, a serviceable backup. Like they don't need to seek a quarterback via trade or free agency. Cooper Rush is their guy. All that's fine. To say he looked like the the greatest quarterback of all time. What? Yeah. He threw for like 212 yards. I'm just confused as to like what made you think he looked like Tom Brady. I, I'm yeah. I don't know. Tom Brady, circa 2003. Yeah, right. Seriously, his rookie year where he was, you know, well, I'm I was going to say his rookie year where he was captain checkdown, but he was kind of always captain checkdown. Yeah, until they loaded him with the be- like the best receiving core at the NFL had ever seen. Right at that point. So, yeah, um, I think the Giants find a way. I I don't know what way it'll be. But I think the Giants find a way here. Home and if, team in primetime. It's it's I think they go three and zero. I think it'll be real close. If they don't, the X factor in this game is going to be Micah Parsons hitting home on Danny Dimes and disrupting the offense. And really that'll be interesting too, because I I'm not a Daniel Joe's fan. I feel bad for him. He's had a different offensive coordinator every year. He's had multiple head coaches in his time there. But so I mean he certainly has not had it easy. I just don't think he's the guy. I think the Giants are another team where now again they're three and zero, so they're already or they're shooting for three and zero, so they're already kind of pushing themselves away from this point. But they're another team where I could be like, oh, they're trading up to take whatever C.J. Stroud at pick fourteen, you know, whatever that quarterback is, or Spencer Rattler, or any of the other guys that are coming out this year. There are quite a few guys that we are going to be talking about near the end of the year that like these early season runs, if they fall off the way. And end up like the t- looking like the team we thought they'd look like, right? Regressing back to the mean of like what we thought you were going yeah. to be. There's going to be a few teams that are going to be sorry they went on this early season run. Like imagine starting the season three and zero, four and zero, whatever the Giants like could potentially end up starting, and then ending up like six and t- six and eleven, 
but the uh, like there's a couple other teams that didn't necessarily need a quarterback, but all of a sudden are sitting in a position to take their next one in front of you because you have a competent coaching staff and squeaked out a few early wins when people didn't know what to what, like what they were looking for. I don't know. That suck. <laughs> it's going to be a crazy wave because so like last year you only saw Kenny Pickett drafted in the first round. I think next year you could legitimately have like six quarterbacks taken in the first round. Oh yeah. Anybody who needs one is going to be going after one. Yes. Next year it's going to be nuts. And I mean, like we're talking, <clears throat> we're talking the Giants, we're talking the Seahawks, we're talking the Falcons. I mean, the the Texans maybe. I mean, David Mills has been fine, but I, if they keep losing, like just hypothetically, they have the first overall pick. Say, sorry, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the Kyler Murray thing. Like, oh, we just took Josh Rosen. Eh, first overall, I'm taking Kyler. That's yeah. just what we're doing. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, the commanders the, could be in play for one. The, the commanders, the Colts, the uh, Saints, the Colts, the Panthers, maybe. The Titans, depending on whether or not they believe in the third round pick in Malik Willis. Honestly, depending on what he does, uh, the Jets. Yeah. I know that seems stupid because they just took Zach Wilson, but I mean, I don't know. His rookie year was nothing to write home about. If his second year is not great, I mean, I don't know how you get off from under that cap situation, but if hypothetically the Jets had the first overall pick, do you think they'd take a tackle or a pass? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you take a quarterback. I don't know. Yeah, the only way you don't is if there's some absolutely ungodly elite talent at some other position of need. Right. Like, I don't know, a receiver potentially. I don't know when the last time a receiver went number one overall. It's been a really like right, but if like Keyshawn Johnson back at, I don't know, if the top like so seven, if the top like seven or eight picks are like mostly quarterbacks and then other positions you don't necessarily need, and there's one really good receiver, he's not a first overall guy, but I don't know, you shop that out, or do you say I'm going to take this receiver because I need one? I don't know. There's, there's, it's all it, all future conversations to be had. Oh yeah, many future episodes, but. Uh, that'll about wrap it up for our week three preview here. It's uh, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a while. It was nice to actually talk to somebody this time. <laughs> Not just pontificate at myself. But uh, Statman, Papa Statman. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, sir. Thanks for uh, thanks for carving time out and give the little guy you know a little noogie for me. Babies don't like that. I I can kiss his forehead. That's about it. That's all I got. That's that's fine. <laughs> you know what though? My scruffy beard hair. It's basically like a noogie. Yeah. I'm not sure how much he likes it. So that's fine. It's all good. That works. So uh, thanks for joining you guys. Hat Stats and Stats, part of the BICBP Radio Network, www.bicbp-radio.com. Find us on social media, Hat Stats and Stats Podcast on Facebook at HTS underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter. Like, follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends. And as always, we'll see you next week. Go Bills. Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast is brought to you in part by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality, fully sublimated uniforms and apparel that'll have your team looking as good as they play. Stop by their website, stingerwoodbats.com today and get you the professional gear you're looking for and use promo code tip of the cap, all one word, for 10% off your order. Stinger Sports, look great, feel great, play great.